Okay, uh, so now we are moving forward towards uh, optimization type of problems, planning optimization. Um, dynamic programming in Estonia sometimes not programming necessarily. Um, you must have had some in your previous courses. How many of you know what the dynamic programming is? No confidence. One. Uh, so this is a technique where, how, by which we can solve this type of optimization problems like we discussed in the uh, beginning of the course. So the story was uh, uh, that two tradesmen are, well, were walking on the beach on the sand and wrote the formula that you'd deliver me uh, seven sheep at price one or, or four pieces of gold at whatever the unit costs are. So the formula was that you, or let's say two black sheep, one white sheep, I pay two plus one times seven, right? Somehow I agreed the formula, and then unfortunately the wind came and blew off all the multiplication and addition signs in here, and parentheses if they were needed. So everything was agreed, but suddenly we only were left with the numbers. And the question is, one wants to get the maximum out of this, and the other wants to pay minimal amount. Uh, so what is the maximal uh, value if you have these numbers? You can put in the classes and multiplications and make the order of the operations explicit. Do you? Of course you don't remember the first lecture. Can you come up with a maximization procedure in your head? How much time does it take in your head to solve a small problem? Okay, I will reduce your pain. So, uh, <coughs> this way it would be 315, and in this way it would be 16. So, quite a big significant difference between the two um, values. Um, and the question was, what, how would you solve it in general cases? How complicated that type of problem would be? So we argued last time that even, even by putting a plus or, multipli or multiply in there would give you n minus 1 <coughs> places for the sign uh, operation and two choices. So two to the power of n minus one different ways how to make the function look like, right? How to solve that efficiently? By applying the techniques that you all know already, the divide and conquer type of principle. You can take any part in here. Can you solve it for the smaller case? What what are the values that you, you need to take if you have sort of like just the last six numbers? What would be the solution for the last six numbers?
in this case, you would say that <coughs> we have only plus and multiplies, so therefore, uh, we when we maximize, then for the last six numbers, whatever we if we solve that sub problem, we only care about the maximal value. Anything less will give us smaller amounts at the end. So for any sub problem, we need a, uh, one. Uh, maximum value, and then the question how many subproblems there is, regardless of what you do, this subproblem has that maximum value. And uh, that is going to give the basis that we only have x amount of subproblems, and for every subproblem we just care about the optimal value. Um, today in the lecture we are going to do much more complicated uh, problem solving than this one, and after we do the more complicated things, of course, you can write easily the code to, to solve this one in polynomial time. Uh, so, dynamic programming is like the divide and conquer method uh, in the way that it solves problems by combining solutions to subproblems. So, in divide and conquer, we divide the Subproblems and this, then solve them and combine the results. So dynamic programming does the same device to subproblems, and then when you need to apply them, uh, you collect the uh, um, solutions together. So the goal is to somehow find independent subproblems, then solve all these subproblems. You can do it recursively and then combine the results together. Uh, well, in divide and conquer, you have sub-problems sub that you solve recursively. But in dynamic programming, the thing is that uh, different sub-problems may have overlaps, and they are not entirely independent. So to solve one sub-problem, you, know, you need to solve also the other sub-problem. So they share. So if you start doing recursively, you don't touch the other recursion arm, right? But if they share something, that's where uh, dynamic programming can be used. So the simplest, the first recursive program, one of the first ones that you have been ever writing is Fibonacci numbers. You know, Fibonacci number for n is Fibonacci number for n minus 1 plus Fibonacci number for n minus 2. And then your, your recursion calls Fibonacci number on n minus 3, and also in here it calls for n minus 3. And in here again you call Fibonacci number for n minus 3. So Fibonacci numbers for n minus 3 occur many times in this uh, re recursion. And of course you don't write such a uh, stupid program, but you start tabulating the Fibonacci numbers from from the first, second, third, etc. And always you have the previous solutions there, right? So Fibonacci number for 5, in fact, is this kind of dependency. <coughs> we need to know F3 and F4. Uh, to get F4, we need F3. So there is only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, these values that we need to calculate, and the dependency between them. So look at in here, although if you, if you do just a recursive program, there will be multiple times that you try to solve the same problem. And then what dynamic programming does is avoids these multiple, uh, multiple times solutions. So we just need to somehow cleverly memorize the previous answers once we have them, or tabulate them so that we know exactly where to look for for data. Data. So that every sub-problem is solved only once. That is the goal of, uh, of the dynamic programming. How can we do this? You can start working top-down. Start applying your rec recursion. But when you have the solution, then you just Memorize. I have solved this already, so why don't we just reuse the same value? It must be the same, right? 
So that is like a memorization of all the previous science versions. If you have functional programming with the same parameters, it has to give exactly the same answer. So I, you just remember in hash table or somewhere all the previous answers to any previous call. You memorize them and whenever applied, you don't call the function, but rather just output the previous uh, data from the table. That was top-down, and the bottom-up version is that we know the structure, we analyze the structure, and then we just start completing the data from the smallest pieces and start getting the, the strategy how to, uh, how to get the uh, complete answer. And of course, for the Fibonacci numbers, you, you just start 1, 1, 2, uh, 3, 5, 8. It's easy to fill, fill up this array. And then you have always the previous uh, data in your uh, disposition. When you go forward, you don't even need this fast part. You, you can just save the memory and keep calculating the, the values. So from the, from the recursive Fibonacci number to this, of course it almost uh, looks trivial to you, but it's quite a big difference. You, you have recursive definition, or you think how this, uh, these uh, sub-problems relate to each other, and then you just cleverly go through the space and fill up uh, the, the values. Uh, so we really can apply dynamic program for programming for this kind of optimization problems. Find the maximal, find the minimal. How to find the maximal if we can, uh, if we can say that for some problem to have the maximal value, we always can use that. We don't need to recalculate that. And uh, in this kind of optimization, you may sometimes have multiple ways to reach the same uh, goal or sort of the same price. Uh, they are one of the potentially many solutions. Uh, all of them are optimal. If you optimize for the best solution, there in sometimes it could be multiple solution, and uh, uh, it's enough to find even one of the best solutions. Okay, so theoretically we are uh, setting the ground. If we want to apply dynamic programming, then we need to understand or characterize, the, understand the structure of this optimal solution. What the optimal solution will look, will look like? In the optimal solution, we have sub-problems that have to be independently optimal as well. Uh, we can apply recursion in definition. It's always uh, nice to think in, in, in recursive ways so that you have a big problem and you split it into parts, smaller parts. And then you could write a recursive program that just solves all the, the smaller parts. If, if this memorizes all the intermediate uh, solutions, then you, you can you can have the efficient code, or you map your optimal solution into this structure, and we you write the code that calculates the data or the, or the optimization, the bottom-up uh, fashion. Once you have the solution, you can still look back and, and ask, okay, I have I know that the price was 315, but that is not enough. You need to also understand which multiplication and uh, addition signs gave us that result, right? So one is to know the, the maximum value, 315, and the other is actually construct that uh, exact path. How did you get that? Uh, okay, so uh, today 
we are going to look at the string gated distance first superficially and later uh, uh, more detailed and the second is matrix chain multiplication problems um, string gated distances uh, um, <coughs> give me some some nice example two words you, you need to understand how similar the two words are. Algorithmics and mathematics. Algorithmics and mathematics, excellent. How do we understand what is the, how similar they are? First, we need to define what is the measure of the similarity or distance. What is the measure of distance from here to there? Um, you could have different types of measures, of course. One is, are they even the same length? Okay, so you could have having distance, how many letters? By letter are exactly the same or how many are different but in here something more clever is needed because you you can drop some letters or add some letters so we we, we are not just we can't say that these are two different letters uh, and count <coughs> how many differences there is we have to uh, be able to somehow uh, account for insertions and deletions so the edit distance as defined originally by Levenstein, says that we have one string, a1 to a uh, to a n m length. They don't need to be the same length actually. And the other string, b b1 to b m. And uh, we can apply some uh, def uh, some operations, like this could be replaced by epsilon. Just delete. We delete O it, to get into this tree. Or, of course, uh, some letter E is not occurring in there, so out of the blue, out of epsilon, we insert E. Uh, and then you could have something where T and T are there. You could say that T aligns with T, excellent, there is no punishment, but if you would uh, match T with uh, G, then you pay the punishment of one change operation. So from the original text, how many changes, how many deletions, and how many insertions you need to apply to get from A to B. It is symmetric from B to A, you just reverse apply the, the insertions as deletions, the uh, deletions as insertions, and the change will be there. Uh, of course, you, you can sort of say that, see that these letters better be aligning with each other, and then you would somehow care what is the distance between algorithm and mathemat and then that adds zero to this um, in uh, some cases uh, if, you, if you talk about the typing type of errors well this is the basic definition of the, of the edit distance right? insertions, deletions and, and replacement of the character when you look at real life your Typing can happen so that left, right, uh, left hand writes before right hand, so you can transpose characters. So change of the order of characters is very typical. Uh, you could say that change of the order of characters, if they are exactly the same characters, you could also apply as a single edit operation. And then in, later we will add uh, more complicated stuff that some, some letters 
are more likely to change to the other or than some other. You can think in the natural language way or also the chemistry. Think of the protein sequences, hydrophobic amino acids to another hydrophobic amino acid is much more likely evolutionary change than taking hydrophobic and turning that into hydrophilic. One repels water and the other attracts water. That one change could break up the entire protein and something that was buried in the inside somehow comes on the surface. So they, they would be totally different structures. Uh, okay, how do, how, do we, how do we calculate this? Um, I said that I promised that there is a superficial uh, cover, coverage of this uh, topic. How would you get from empty string, for example, anything out? You start adding one, two, three, four, etc. Or from from algorithm to empty, then you start deleting one, two, three, etc. So the cost of inserting m characters is m units. The cost of deletion of m characters is m units. Uh, Um, how to do this? <laughs> um, our strings could be represented by alpha and beta as the as the prefixes, and then you may want to add uh, some character in there. Um, the ith a and j b. If we say that if these two characters are equal to each other, you know that somehow that we don't pay any cost, right? Therefore, we would need to know alpha distance between alpha and beta. So that is already a smaller problem. Smaller, 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 and small problems we know how to solve. Uh, There could be also something that, like in here we, we either match them, they could be equal or they could be not equal. If they are not equal, then we would need to add one operation in here, right? Somehow, if we have alpha and beta distances, then we, if we insert bj, then we add one unit of cost. And if we have alpha ai and beta, then if you have distances for alpha and beta, then you can just delete ai. So somehow the, the equal not equal, insertion and deletion, they would add as one unit of cost. So we would need to know uh, at least the distance between alpha and beta that is already smaller by one character, by one character, or both are shorter in here. So how, how, we, how we sort of take this recursive uh, kind of intuition in here is uh, as follows. You have two sequences, the n letters, m letters. From empty, you can insert one by one all the characters. You get m units. And in here, you can just delete them, n units. So this is how we initiate the table. And then to get 
particular value in this table, we look at the distance that was the second string was one shorter, the first string was one shorter, or both were one shorter. These, these cases, uh, like in here. Um, so in here, if, if this y did not match any of the characters in here, uh, then this is uh, the price that we know so far. Empty string to empty string was, well, empty string to four letters was four units. Um, to fifth string was five, to fifth letter was five units. When we look at the first character, if this is totally different than in here, then it doesn't make things any better because we need to uh, delete this or better match the first and first we pay the match unit price and then you just delete the three others. And in here, that's how we fill in this value. We look at these four values. If we need to delete, it would be five. If we, if, we, if we would need to somehow insert, it would be six. Or we replace character. If the y equals x, then we don't need to pay extra in here. It would be four. My calendar says something that I should do something. And I have multiple tabs of calendar open, so it said multiple times. <coughs> so we have three values from which to calculate the fourth one, and it is the simplest, uh, the minimization of the three options, except that from here we can say that x and y are equal, then this value plus 0, or x and y are different, then this, this value plus 1. So minimization of three values. So the code actually to solve this problem looks like this. We initiate the first row, first column, uh, and then fill in every value systematically, column by column, for uh, indexes go from 1 to n, 1 to m, and we apply once this minimization diagonally the previous value plus if the characters are equal then zero, otherwise we pay unit replacement cost. Or insertion and deletion options respectively. I always got, get confused which one is which, but they are symmetric. And in this way, you just fill in the table, every value in the table, apply one minimization step. This is a constant time operation in here. So with the length of one string times the length of the other string, you can calculate the actual minimum uh, any distance in here. PAACB, uh, ABACBC, so pick any Well, we can look at this value, for example. To get this value, we needed one, two, three values in here. This value, if we would insert a, would be two plus three, uh, two plus one, three. Uh, if we would insert this a, it would be two plus one, three. But in here, a and b versus b is one operation. Delete a, and now we have the match a and a. We have one in here. So that's how we, you can calculate this table, and that's what it look, will look like. In here, this three is two plus b and c are b and c are different. Two plus one, <coughs> three plus one, or two plus one. Two plus one or two plus one both are three. Three is correct. We can now uh, put in here three, just either one would be possible uh, solution. And the overall distance is three. Uh, you can write all this, this simple formula in Excel um, so that you always look at the previous cell. Uh, this plus one, this, uh, this plus one, 
this plus, and then it depends if the characters C and C are equal, then 3 plus 0 was still 3. And this uh, shows how the small values, how the distance between here and there is uh, 5 operations. I will try to see if I can It was uh, algorithmics You don't see anything at the moment, right? Okay. Um, what can I do? Um, <coughs> kind of hard to see from here. Where is my cursor? Algorithmics like that, and to read out where is this uh, mathematics s and this nine operations sorry this one yeah. <coughs> and somehow in here I can immediately see how on this diagonal we didn't it was eight units until here, and then we had ICS matching, so we didn't pay any extra operations in here. Uh, but what happens? What happens before in here? Eight, 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 eight. In here we have. <coughs> what is the? How did we get this eight in here? In here is m versus t. 8 plus 1 would be 9. Right? That's not how we came here. It was, must have been this 7 plus 1. So m was deleted. Yeah? And now, similarly, you can probably go that this 6 was possible. t and t, that was possible. So given this table, it's possible to figure out what was the actual operation that was applied to get certain value in here. And you can start from this uh, end point and you can actually figure out what were the operations, how did we get in here. It looks almost like a path in the graph, except that from here we can work backwards and every possible way how we got certain value is actually possible. And uh, there are multiple uh, possibilities to get to the same endpoint. Sometimes you could have either done one or the other. And of course, they will um, give you different ways how to calculate the distance. So you can just write one formula in here. It's a minimal of n 
N8 plus if this and that are equal, if dollar A9 is equal to O dollar 5, then 0, otherwise plus 1. N9 plus 1, O8 plus 1. So you can write the formula and just copy paste over the entire table in Excel. Or, of course, you will write a small script that is five lines and calculate that string-to-string uh, -string edit distance. So that is, uh, uh, that is a uh, sort of nice teaser to take something which is, you don't know exactly how to calculate from one to the other, but in here you can be absolutely sure that uh, how you, uh, that the distance between these two long sequences is, is uh, five, and moreover, it's possible to trace back and figure out exactly how this path was calculated, five, four, 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 Probably something like this, 5, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, 4, in here I would need to be, well, it must be from here plus 0. In here I have three choices, 1, 2, and 3. So that means that before this there were multiple choices as well. Okay, so... Uh, we will come back to this uh, soon, but now we do something more complicated. You already know the matrix multiplication, of course. Uh, what you did so far was there were quadratic uh, square-shaped matrices. You can uh, multiply matrices that are not of the same dimensions, but to get the value in here, you would have to get the this row and this column uh, the, uh, match together. So the number of rows has to be the same as the number of columns in here. M and M have, have to match. And then you get N by K matrix. That's nice, right? The problem arrives when you have a chain of different dimensions. One, two, three, four uh, matrices. The matrix definition actually is order independent, so you can uh, you can uh, what has happened uh, in here B and C, yeah, A times B times C, so B and C have been multiplied together to get this matrix, then A times this you get this matrix times D and then you, this is the ultimate answer. Uh, so in this case, B and C were first multiplied <coughs> together. But you could have uh, multiplied A to B, the result to C, the result to D, or any other order. You could have uh, started with uh, C times D, and then a B times C, D, etc. So there is uh, there are different uh, orders by which you can uh, multiply. The problem is that the end result is actually exactly the same, but the number of operations can vary radically. If you do A times B times C times D, it's 120,000 operations, and if you, if you select this prioritization, it's only 7,000 operations. You don't want to create intermediate very large matrices. We want to make somehow sure that intermediate results are kept small, uh, as few operations as possible, and then, uh, then, then you apply in certain order um, the matrix chain multiplication. Oh, the same, just larger font if you if you set too, too far now you can see it. Uh, so the matrix, uh, the matrix dimensions are in here. Um, let me see, A times B. A times B will give us 50 by 1 uh, matrix A times B. 
and C, C times D will be 1 by 100. So they will, they will be like two vectors multiplied um, together in this way. And this gives us a small number of operations to get that result. While in here, B and C, these will be made immediately larger matrix applied to this one, that will be even bigger intermediate result, and then finally the last multiplication, and that gives 120,000 operations. So clearly, if we have this matrix chain multiplication task, we should spend some time to figure out how many operations there will be uh, selecting one or the other order by which we would like to multiply. The end result will be the same, just how much uh, time we would waste. So we have n matrices. Every matrix has uh, dimension by dimension, Dim uh, dimension pi minus 1, pi. So pi minus 1 matches with the previous matrix. So the number of rows has to match the number of columns of the previous matrix. Um, otherwise, you can't uh, do the chain. And we need to find the parenthesization uh, of these uh, calculations so that we minimize the number of these uh, individual scalar op uh, operations. How many different ways you have? We have four. Uh, matrices, how many different ways? <coughs> you can have the first one and all the combinations to multiply three. You can have the first two, all the ways to multiply the last two, the all the ways to multiply first three and the last one. You can have all the ways to do the first part, all the ways to do the last part. This is like counting how many different uh, binary trees there will be. The ones that go to the left, the, the ones that go to the right. So in fact, this is again the um, um, Catalan numbers. Um, if the matrix is just single one, there is constant operations, nothing to do. But the choices are all the ways how you can take the first k times all the ways how you can t take the last k, uh, n minus k, so summing for all the split points, and uh, left and right are independent, so all the different uh, ways to parenthesize. So this Catalan numbers is, is growing exponentially, but the problem is not so bad. This is just a number of different ways to parenthesize. The, the thing to note in here, once we have the optimal solution for some problem, we can use that optimal solution. Within that optimal solution, again, the subparts have to be optimal. It can't be that within the optimal solution, one part could be optimized further. Okay. For every sub-problem, we have to have the optimal solution. And that means that we have to find for every way, for every subproblem, optimal solution. How many subproblems there is? There are some problems that are just one at a time. There are some problems that are two at a the time. They are overlapping, right? So n singletons, n minus one, two matrix operations, n minus two, uh, three operations, etc. So there will be n square. 
potential subproblems. And for each subproblem, we will find solution, optimal solution uh, in constant time. So if you think of the of the entire chain, then first there will, there will be some left part and the right part. In the optimal solution, there is left part and the right part. So we split at some k, the first k and the remaining uh, matrices. So that will be the last multiplication. You get the solution from the 1 to k, solution from k plus 1 to n, you have one optimal solution, the other optimal solution, and then you multiply them together. And solution to this must be optimal, um, so we know how, how many operations were wasted to, uh, to get the optimal solution for first k matrices, how many operations to solve the, the remaining n minus k um, matrices and the last one is the actual count of operations to multiply this matrix to that matrix and for this we know how many how many rows there was in here how many columns there is um, there how many values we will calculate the number of rows num times number of columns so that will be ultimate size plus how many operations to fill it in. If you have just singleton matrix AI to AI, then there is zero operations. For the for the for the single matrix, you don't do anything. And for the uh, cost of actual cost, you have uh, original dimensionality, well, the, 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 the final matrix will have uh, this many rows, this many columns, and to get one value, you have k, uh, length k scalar product in here. So that is the cost of a single matrix multiplication. The end size will be uh, I minus, uh, Ti minus 1 times Pj matrix, and to fill every value, there is a length k scalar product to get one value in that matrix. So we try, we, we should try to uh, fetch from the memory how, how many operations there was to get from i to k, k plus 1 to j, to get fetch these, and then add this number of operations for the particular multiplication. Um, so this is cost of a uh, multiplying the final final multiplication the left part times right part but we have the split point could be anything from 1 to k right so we have to have the subproblems that are optimal so we minimize uh, across all the different split points k the first oh th this is this is from i to j within i to j indexes i to j matrix to get the optimal solution um, if the if the length is uh, one then it's a zero cost but if the length is more than one then we can fit k anywhere between i and j we minimize over the choice of k uh, fetch uh, values for first k, remaining ones, plus the final multiplication. Okay, so this is all uh, kind of uh, hand-waving. This is actually code, but I will not work, uh, walk, uh, force you to walk through this code before the example. So what will happen ultimately is we formulate this problem as, uh, as follows. The single matrices, it takes zero cost to multiply A3 with A3, right? But AT, A2 to A3, length 2 subproblem in here, will have 2625 
operations. Two and three are here. It must be 35 times 15 times 5. 35 times uh, 75. Can somebody verify that this is 2625? Anybody do, doing fast calculations out of head? 35 times 75. Nobody took part in the crown webinar contest. So we start filling in the, the ultimate cost is uh, in this table is 15,125. But to get to this, we had all the different choices uh, to have the first two, the first three, the first four, the first five, and the last one. Um, but we start filling it in from length zero. Length two, we have uh, n, n minus one, n minus two, n minus three, n minus four, n minus five, one in here. So length one operations we know, uh, length two operations uh, we can easily calculate from here. We can fill in this second row. The third row has two choices, the first and second third, or first two and the third. So to get this value in here, we have either 15,750 plus first two multiplied together, multiplied with the third one, or 2,625 multiplied together plus uh, uh, plus uh, first to this uh, two three result. And this is the smaller one, clearly. Yeah? So we have now the solution that first three matrices require 7,875 multiplications. And the, we also memorize that we split on the left, we look at the one. And the, that leaves the, on the right, we have the two second ones. So actually, we tell the split point as well in the separate matrix. M25, this is M, between 2 and 5, uh, 2 and 5, uh, 2 and 5, this is this value in here. I think, yeah, this must be this one in here. From the second to fifth, from the second to fifth chain, 1, 2, 3, 4 matrices, uh, to get, uh, to get optimal value, this one in here, uh, the choices were to have the second first and the optimal solution for three, the second and third, fourth and fifth, and then multiply together, or two to four, and fifth one remains as is, plus the cost to take three and multiply with the fourth. So each one of these gives us different uh, value. And we select the minimal one, which is this one. So this 7,125 value is the minimal. This will be the cost of multiplying the second to fifth together, if we ever need this subproblem solution. And we know that the split point was between 3 and 4. Uh, split point was at 3. So the optimal solution, this one, is the number of operations, but we, if we actually want to find out what, how this was achieved, we can maintain this uh, uh, value in here, and it would say that the first three are multiplied, obviously the last three are multiplied, and then their results are multiplied together. 
therefore this was this one was not used I think in here um, so the code the singleton values are zero operation single array is zero this layer in here then for any length from two matrices to ultimate length n, we want to uh, get optimal solutions. Um, we start from, for particular length, we start from uh, first to n minus 1 plus uh, n minus l plus 1. This is how many times we can fit that length in the subproblems. We start from i, for every start point position i, how many start positions there is. Uh, this is the end point, i plus length minus 1. So length 3, there will be from 5, uh, 5, 6, 7 is uh, the uh, actual solution. 5 to 7 we want to solve optimally. Initially we don't know the value, it's infinite. And now we check every possible midpoint. Uh, from five to uh, six, uh, five to uh, seven, five, six, five and six. Yeah, the only two choices because only three values. The last one remains there. Two split points, and then we fetch the optimal subproblem solutions. These are already in the uh, in the array because for every shorter, for every shorter problem we already have those in the M table these are calculated already we, st we start filling the array the length 1 length 2 when we need length 3 we have already the length 1 length 2 problems solved for us so the solutions are there and we add the number of operations needed to multiply the results together and we minimize, uh, we memorize only the smallest value and keep in memory the split point in the second memory, in the second table we memorize the split point value k. Okay, to repeat, to solve for n arrays, we know how much does it takes, uh, take to uh, deal with a single array. It costs nothing. Length 2, we know how many operations. When we go to length, uh, longer length, we have, we have to test every possible split point. Every possible uh, length arrays have been calculated already. So we just have, uh, at higher level, we have more possible split points, but we just uh, look what is the, what delivers us the smallest value. Every subproblem, short subproblems are already solved optimally, so we just reuse those short subproblem uh, solutions. And this is the this is the code to know how, ma how many how many operations we need minimally and in the table S, this is support table, we can actually start using because we know then uh, what were the actual optimal uh, split points. We can use this uh, S table to now actually do the uh, do the uh, algorithm. <coughs> we use S. You, we, we will start from I to J, from 0 to N in the beginning. Uh, N point has to be larger than I. We know we want to have the first multiply from I to this split point, then split point to the rest, to the end, and uh, actual multiplication <coughs> is in here. 
we get the left part, the right part, and uh, then multiply them together. From I to split point, from the next value from split point to J. So these are the two subproblems. We read exactly out what is the split point, and then we multiply X and Y together and return that. That's how we do the ultimate uh, chaining of the uh, multiplications using uh, using uh, uh, these this intermediate table, in fact, because this keeps us uh, gives us exactly the the needed split point that gives us the optimal solution. You look very confused and tired. Any questions? Want me to repeat something? Again, to solve something that is from 1 to 4, if, if there are these different uh, sub-problems, then the goal is somehow to get rid of uh, calculating optimal values for the same sub-problems over and over again. By systematically uh, <coughs> keeping track of every possible sub-problem there is at all. And there is only this many potential sub-problems. Okay, um, <coughs> the, I already outlined a little bit about the string edit distance. In the string uh, world, there are some other problems like longest common subsequence. That is uh, one string B, D, C, A, B, A, A, B, C, B, D, A, B. We don't require exact. Uh, full, we don't require to count every possible insertion deletion. What we ask in here: What is the longest way how we can match B to B, C to C, B to B, A to A? In this sequence and this sequence, one, two, three, four letters match in this order: one, two, three, four. And. Uh, like we did fill in the dynamic programming array uh, previously, also in this case, it is possible to fill in the dynamic programming table uh, to match to say that there was match B to B match was one, and then keep uh, using this one. Then we have the hit the second one, etc. So we can fill in the table and then see how this four was achieved. It was actually by mapping A to A. B to B, C to C, B to B, etc. So quadratic time to fill in this table, but we can find the longest common subsequence. Uh, you guys use longest common subsequence, perhaps not on a daily basis, but at least you are using this in your professional work. Can you recognize there? Can you recognize there? Yes. Voila. So you, you upload your, you change the codes, you change this and this and this line, but you ask not about what has been changed, but which line matched and, and all that has been inserted or deleted is highlighted. So this applies this kind of longest common subsequence. 
uh, there are different algorithms to get the, the same result, but this is the dynamic programming. This is slightly slower than you can you can achieve, but this is uh, doable in this uh, in the very similar manner as as the uh, edit distance problem cal calculation. If you do some image processing or a rendering, uh, usually this happens with the, with the small triangles. Lots of calculations can be done in small triangles to render the entire surface. You may want to, for example, define some sub-problem. Find me that such triangulation of the larger space that gives us minimal solution. And uh, if you take some sub-problem, you don't want to recursively try all the sub-problems. One sub-problem is optimal, then you can use that sub-problem to get the larger result. Um, so triangulation problem uh, can be also solved in this way. Um, uh, this is a parse tree for this kind of triangulation, I think, and then you can define that for particular uh, sub-problem, one parse tree for this matches with the triangulation in here. Um, again, very similar, you, you may need to have all the k, uh, all the different split points uh, identified by k, optimal solution from i up to k, and k plus 1 to the very end, and then additional cost to put the solutions together. Um, and now we are coming back to the, uh, this edit distance example, <coughs> from which I think next uh, Thursday I will uh, give more, uh, more examples. Um, um, yeah, this shows uh, like how this distance actually was acquired, <coughs> and we can figure in the matrix chain multiplication, we kept a separate array, S, to tell what was the actual split point. In here, we may, if we want to, we can memorize these things, or <coughs> starting from the very end, we can actually work backwards and figure out to get these three. This was the only choice, how we could have got here. And this was the only one, this was the only one, but in here, we could have chosen either matching A to A or inserting this A. A, B, A, B, A, A. Uh, yeah, A, B, A, B, A, A, B, A will be matched, and then one insertion, one deletion is needed. Uh, so we could do it in here, this way, or from here. Yeah. So multiple ways are possible. But I will stop in here uh, and uh, <coughs> continue with the more nice examples in the string edit distance, how to apply extra weight, extra longer character replacements, etc. Kodu ja tööde eessa punkte või kogu aeg, see on proomlikult? Ei, aga näha. Ootama panen 